to Slater Pod, first edition, your fresh weekly podcast uh, that we're going to upload initially on YouTube, but then, of course, disseminate across all of your popular podcast channels where you subscribe to it. And uh, my name is Florian. I'm based here in Zurich. And we also have here Esther Bond. I'm based in London. Excellent. And um, so we're going to discuss the weekly stories in this podcast. Um, so there's there's so much going on, and we're going to do a recap of what's what has happened during the week and uh, give you some extra comments on it and tell you a bit about how we came across some of these stories and provide you some additional background. Mm. So uh, what's the first story we want to talk about? Um, well, I think there was an interesting one we published recently about um, Easy Translate and that contract in Denmark, a bit of controversy around that. That was yesterday, indeed. Yeah, that, mm. that happened really fast and it uh, came off the rails very, very quickly. I mean, we all remember, or those of you who followed uh, Slater and also um, what's going on in the UK, if, if, if remember that Ministry of Justice contract that mm. went on in, in 2011, 2012, went off the rails. And then, you know, it took them like uh, years to actually uh, get that contract back on track. And then when the Danes tendered out a very similar interpreting contract uh, about one and a half years ago, everybody was like, well, you guys better check with the UK about what happened over there. Mm. Looks like they didn't, although I have no particular insights on that. So they... They tendered out this 80 million piece of business Mm -hmm. and uh, awarded it to a startup company. And uh, then, you know, there was some initial controversy. um, Mm. And then about, you know, interpreters being booked wrongly and quality issues and scheduling issues, you know, all of the uh, challenges. Yeah, same Mm -hmm. all, all of the challenges that you're facing when you're doing these types of large interpreting contracts. And yesterday, the uh, the Danish police commissioner actually pulled the contract, uh, terminated it with immediate effect. You know, they used pretty harsh language Mm. um, because of, uh, I think the the straw that broke the camel's back was data protection. Okay. Uh, Apparently some, some documents ended up on, platforms or, or, or servers that they're they shouldn't have yeah Although we, didn't, we didn't have any particular uh, deep insights on that the police didn't say anything but we spoke to a, a source who who had a little more information on that yeah. so yeah so basically that's terminated and they revert back to having an interpreter list and oh, okay. uh, local authorities actually booking this this uh, by themselves uh, so yeah. it's uh, it's a pretty big uh, it's a pretty big blow I would also assume to 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 easy translate to that company yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, but it seems like something that they could have avoided, uh, mm. frankly, especially mm. because we had the exact same thing in the exact same sector with the exact same service in the UK only four years ago. So yeah, uh, kind of a sad story. Um, speaking of public sector, was there? we had another story this week around yeah. the public sector. What was that? Can you tell yeah, us? that's right. Uh, kind of an unhappy situation again. Um, this time um, it was on a contract from uh, the EU. So the DGT... Um, was in the process or is in the process of um, tendering out a large contract for 49 language pairs, um, about 500,000 pages of translation. Um, And obviously part of this 
uh, the LSPs or the suppliers who are bidding for the work were required to um, have their linguists and translators complete uh, an online test. Um, so the, I guess the mishap and the problem, the root of it was that there were technical difficulties when the platform that some that these linguists were using actually mal malfunctioned during the testing. Um, so not everybody had issues, um, but uh, I think you know a significant number of people had issues when they were trying to complete the test. Um, and so to, uh, to account for that, really, the EU has now said they're annulling and cancelling all of the results from this first round of testing. Um, yeah. And not only that, but obviously they still need to carry on with the tests um, and they're going to ask suppliers and linguists to redo the tests. Yeah. Um, so I think the source Are of frustration... Gonna... Hmm? Sorry to jump in here. Are they going to pay them for this, to retest? Uh, no. Well, so, I mean, I think this is where some of the suppliers are, um, you know, a bit frustrated because they've said, or I should say the potential suppliers are, um, they've, some of them have obviously had to pay their linguists to take the test the first time round. Um, you know, one person was saying it's unacceptable, um, the situation, um, another person complaining that, you know, basically they'd have to pay linguists twice to do the same or, you know, the new test. Um, mm. And the EU said, unfortunately, you know, obviously apologised for the inconvenience. They were aware of, you know, the inconvenience that that had caused, um, but they were not able to um, compensate for any costs incurred. All right. Um, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not all bad but, news, though, and some people yeah. are actually relieved, I suppose, because, you know, the ones who had difficulties and technical problems with that original testing now have an opportunity to, to repeat the test um, and potentially people can actually now go in with uh, more suppliers or sorry more linguists or different linguists if they if they want to so the thing that failed though that was a mm. third-party software right correct yeah that was a third-party software it was the prometric um prometric system um platform We're unconfirmed by the eu but we have it on good authority that that was the name of the platform and i think now, for the second round of testing for the reset tests, the EU is uh, reverting to good old-fashioned email. Um, so everything's going to have to be coordinated by email. Um, obviously, huge burden, huge administrative burden as well on, on both suppliers and the EU um, for those repeat tests. Sounds like fun. So that Prometrics thing, thing, that's not related to the language industry. That's kind of some testing software, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think there was a bit of confusion around that yesterday. Um, well, generally, okay. So those those tests right mm. i mean often when you take translation tests i mean it's kind of a, a bit of a maybe an open secret but some of those linguists that take take the test are not necessarily the ones that end up doing the actual translation once the contract is live is that different in this case is are the people taking the test the ones that are actually going to work on the the um, translations afterwards yeah i mean i think that's probably one of the main differences between public sector and private sector in this respect i mean i know definitely in the case of this um in on this tender uh, all of the linguists that are going to be used for the actual translation um, to perform the translation once the con contract is live, they all need to be vetted. They all need to, all their names need to be disclosed and submitted um, as part of the tender. Mm, okay. Mm. Well, okay. Then, it, then at least it makes sense. Like you're not, you know, it's, it's almost a pre-qualification of those linguists. Mm -hmm. um, then we also had uh, RWS publishing the final set of numbers for their financial year, which ends, oh, yeah. uh, I believe, September 30th. Mm -hmm. So they already gave the markets a heads up about a month or two ago. They always call this like a trading statement mm -hmm. where they just, you know, publish like an initial set of 
mostly revenue data or growth data that is um, that is relevant to the investors. Yeah. But then they don't have the full set of figures. So this week they published a full set of figures, and they really drilled down. You know, provided um, figures across the different geographies they have, across the different uh, entities. So there were a couple of highlights there. Where I mean, generally the the you know RWS is what we call now the um, the world's most valuable mm-hmm. listed language service provider. I mean, it's a standalone entity. It's now worth like two point. Um, well, let, let me get the exchange rate right. Uh, not, skip the exchange rate. So it's one point eight billion British pounds. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, with the elections uh, just okay. happened, I think the, pound, <laughs> the pound went through the roof. Um, it's not a good time to change up my dollars, is it? Unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it actually went up a lot. So anyway, so 1.8 billion uh, pounds. So uh, very large uh, has grown uh, now for now about 16 consecutive years, which is a feat for any company. It's quite yeah. impressive. I mean, notching up growth every single year for 16 mm. years, that's quite the feat. Um, this is double digit growth then that they're seeing year on year. So, so yeah, it's interesting. So basically there, there's, you know, if you look at it from a yeah absolute perspective, yes, it's double digits, but some of it's obviously come from acquisitions. But if mm. you, if, even if you strip out the acquisitions and some seasonality, you're still in the mid to high teens, what they call, right? I mean, okay. um, in terms of growth, uh, I think their linguistic validation business has done very well. You know, that's yeah. in the life sciences unit. Uh, Moravia, the uh, separate Moravia unit has done quite well as well. Mm-hmm. I think they had some slow... Uh, business in their, you know, their kind of more traditional translation LSP unit. That's a very small unit for them. Yeah, but they, didn't and, they go through also a process of realigning a number of the, the smaller units and, and consolidating into a few bigger that, ones? Well, yes, they did. Well, so now they used to have four entities and uh, four units that they're reporting on, and now I think they have three. So they're going to merge okay. this small language services unit into Moravia. Yeah. So now they have. Uh, life sciences, uh, the patents IP, and then Moravia. Okay, so, yeah, it makes uh, sense. Businesses they're reporting on. So yeah, it was quite a strong report. Markets have reacted flat. I think most of them anticipated uh, these types of results after the trading statement. So the stock mm. was down a little bit initially, but then recovered. And I think I just checked this morning. I think it's it's basically back to where it was before they announced the results. Yeah. So, but overall, quite quite uh, strong results from from RWS, and mm-hmm. the outlook seems to be pretty positive as well for them. Yeah. Uh, so interesting on that side. Uh, we did publish a couple of other articles on SlaterCon Amsterdam. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was that? So we had. Um, the... I think we've yeah we we've um, brought out the or published the panel um, the buyer panel which was enterprise and e-commerce buyers which I know you were moderating Florian. Yeah. What were some of the main conclusions from from that? Okay, so yeah, that we so we had the buyer panel. Let me just kind of take a little bit of a, a detour there. We had the buyer panel, mm. but we also published um, something that was similar where we had uh, PayPal's head of technology, localization technology, uh, Michal Anchak also yeah. speak. So it was generally, Silicon Amsterdam was, was um, pretty heavy on the buyer side mm. um, compared to some of the, uh, from the speaker point of view, compared to previous later cons. Look, main, main takeaways. Um, it was very interesting to have that type of panel because we had uh, Vinny from Bose, we had uh, Alvaro from Nike, and then Andrea from Kayak. So Nike, obviously, everybody knows what Nike is, but Kayak's a, um, a travel website, a flight aggregator website. Mm-hmm. Bose is, uh, you know, the speaker. Uh, actually, electronics. 
yeah, we had speakers, both speakers in the actual room. <laughs> that, that was funny. Nice. And um, and then and then Easling is a a website uh, proxy, so they're um, they uh, they were the panel partner. Uh, mm -hmm. ma main takeaways: it was just about how they run their operations. Uh, you know how far they're into the empty adoption uh, journey, as it were. I think uh, yeah. you know kayaks. Uh, somewhat advanced in that because they have so much uh, content that, that that lends itself to some degree to to MT. Uh, Nike, he said they've only uh, kind of really looked into MT in the past year or so and they're now considering it more fully. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Bozy, uh, the same. So it was basically, the main takeaway was that really they would expect very, you know, kind of white glove uh, account management from the LSP. So there was a, lot, yeah. a bit of a wish list for, for LSPs mm. uh, that they formulated. And it, it was, it, yeah, it was interesting to uh, to hear from them. So I think people should uh, should go and read the article for, for more insights. We also uh, published a, um, three interviews with uh, with them. So we had Andrea, Alvaro, and and um, and Balash speak. So we, we, we already uploaded those on YouTube. Yeah, uh, you know, we we did take a bunch of interviews. How many interviews did you do at SlaterCon Amsterdam? You did like six or seven, right? Uh, I think it was maybe f yeah five, maybe. And then Andrew uh, obviously did a whole bunch as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So glad you guys do that. Uh, <laughs> I can. Good to talk to them though, and they're obviously some really interesting insights as well coming out of those those short interviews. Yeah, so people should totally subscribe to our YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Uh, especially now they were uploading yes. part. <laughs> okay well uh, you know we, we promise we're going to keep this brief for now uh, this is not yet a long form podcast but uh, who knows maybe we'll make it one eventually um, but I hope this was uh, helpful and now the power went out or what was that <laughs> yeah I think that's our, I think that's our uh, signal to to sign off okay <laughs> that's a good one all right yeah on, on that note is this a an actual power cut no no uh, I think it's because I haven't moved and so the automatic light has basically gone off yeah okay well uh better start moving then <laughs> cool all right cheers Slater Park. Right. uh edition one out <laughs>